Hi, everyone, and welcome to the So My Sister podcast. My name is Sarah. And mine is Taylor. We started the So My Sister podcast because we want to help Christian women thrive in the life that God gave them and to provide uplifting and encouraging content for all of our sisters in Christ. Both learning how to love yourself and glorify God in who you are by diving into the Bible and seeing how it relates to being a Christian woman today. We hope you join us each week as we learn right along with you. So my sisters, let's get started. So my sister, Sarah. So my sister, Taylor. She says it that way because right before I clicked record, I said, are you ready, friend? And she immediately reminded me, <laughs> she is my sister. She is not my friend. <laughs> I am your sister. We are not friends. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. <sighs> so Taylor, how are you? I'm good. Blake and I are a little under the weather this week, um, but I'm very, very glad I did take a day off before vacation. So I took the Friday off before we left so I could just wake up and clean the house and just be ready to go once Blake got off work. So Mm -hmm. I'm so, so happy that I came home to a clean home. I didn't have to do anything this week. Obviously, I do now because we've lived in it for like five days at this point. So, (laughs) but it was so nice just to come home to a clean house and not have to do anything. How are you? Yes, I agree. We did not do that. Like we left for vacation with the house a mess, came home to the house being a mess. And it was so funny after vacation, we talked about last week that we came home on Wednesday and like went to work on Thursday. And so we had very good intentions of cleaning our house on Thursday after work and we were both sitting on the couch and Evan was like, maybe we don't clean our house today. And I was like, you know what? (laughs) That sounds like a really good idea. I feel like we shouldn't. And so our house is still messy. Like we really need to clean our house. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I haven't fully unpacked yet. I still have like a suitcase of just shoes, if that tells you anything about my life, a full suitcase of shoes that has not been unpacked yet. Um, but your trash got taken out, Sarah. Yes, you it left did. For vacation. Thank you, Blake and Taylor. Um, it was so. mostly Blake. <laughs> mostly. Um, so I have some exciting news. I Ooh. have spring break next week. I am so excited. I will tell you, working for a school sometimes is difficult because the days are just so busy, right? But the time off is amazing. And I have spring break next week. And so I am actually flying to Texas to spend spring break with my family. Yay! And we're going to miss Sarah so much, but that means I get to have our very first guest on next week. I'm going to have one of my best friends in the whole world, Ayana. I almost said her maiden name. It's not Mm. Ayana Turner anymore. Her name's Ayana Hussey. She was a missionary's kid, and she is just one of my best friends in the whole wide world, and I can't wait for you guys to meet her. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to like actually get to be a listener <laughs> next week. <laughs> I, think that's I know so it's cool. going to be so weird. <laughs> it is going to be weird. I'm going to miss 
doing this. I'm going to miss recording with you. Uh, I feel like these are our like catch up sessions every week, uh, which I love. Because <laughs> we but. save some of our conversation for like the podcast so we can update everyone all at once. Yeah. So it's fresh. Like we're talking to not only each other, but we're talking to our sisters. <laughs> okay. Um, I do have a redaction from last week. Oh, no. So I like listened through it. And I got to the end and I was like, what did I just say? And we were talking about the different like opinions that both of us have and like the different viewpoints that we bring to the podcast. And I said something Sarah say, but I was looking at you. So I meant to say something you say, but I said something Sarah say because I'm also talking to the people listening. Literally did not catch that. I had to listen to the podcast like three times editing it, and I did not catch that at all. That is so funny. <laughs> I think it's like – and this will be fun because like next week you'll get to listen to it with like fresh ears. Yes. Typically, I'm listening to like parts of it over and over again trying to like make sure it's edited right and it flows together. And so, yeah, I'll like get to listen to it for the first time when it's uploaded, which is cool. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. So, Taylor, I am so excited that we did a question box on our Instagram story, and we actually got a couple questions. So do you want to start addressing them? So the first one was how to fully trust in God with your future. And that is a big question. It's a broad topic. Um, But when I was reading this, the first thing that came to my mind was – A lot of times we really overthink the will of God. A lot of times we think of it like it's this big puzzle that we're just trying to fit together. And it's not as complicated as we think. If you are reading your Bible and you're praying and you're fasting and you're seeking wise counsel and you are truly seeking after God, he is going to order your footsteps. And if that is how you have carried out your life up into this point, he's carried your entire future up into this point as well. So I I totally understand that feeling of just wanting to have your hand in everything, like wanting to make sure things are going to go right. And like, I know what my future holds, but just know that it's not as scary as we make it out to be. Like he has carried you up into this point and I I am certain that he has exceeded your expectations and anything you could have ever dreamt of for your life. Absolutely. And honestly, whenever I read this question, I kind of thought about all the ways in my life that God has just led me through. When I was diagnosed with PCOS, I remember like my mind just jumped to the future. And I was just filled with worry that this would alter mine and Evan's plans in the future with building a family and stuff like that. And I remember just being consumed with that worry. And one day I was telling Evan about that worry 
He basically just stopped me in my worry and reminded me of who is actually in control. That God has always, like you said, God has always been in control of our future. He's always had a plan for us. He will always lead us. He's led up us up to this point and he will lead us into our future. And so he kind of just reminded me that I'm not in control of our future and Evan's not in control of our future, but God is. And I feel like it's just so important. I bring up that example because I think it's just so important for us to surround ourselves with people that remind us of God's truth when we're unsure. And one scripture that I like stand on constantly in my life is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. I love the way this scripture tells you like you can trust in him and you don't have to lean on your own understanding because I could sit there and Google every single outcome of PCOS and every single symptom of PCOS and believe me, I was. But in that moment and in learning how to trust God, I learned how to not lean on my understanding, not lean on what I could see and what I could read, but trusting that God has the whole plan already. And he's always been in control. He always will be in control. And if I just submit my ways to him, he will make my path straight. That doesn't mean he's going to make my path perfect and make me not go through anything hard or anything like that. But what that means is that he's just going to be there. He's going to lead us through. And I'm not going to lie to you, sisters. I have faced situations where it's been hard to trust God with my future because I want to control things and I want to see what's going to happen and I want to know the outcome before it happens. But I have learned through life circumstances, and I feel like that's what I really thought of whenever I saw this question, was I I have learned through life's circumstances that God is in control. I can trust him. And it's just so nice knowing that he has me. I'm not in control. And that's scary at first. But once you really lean into that, like Taylor was saying, it's not that complicated because you just get to lean into him and he will take care of the rest. And I promise you, just like Taylor said, he will exceed your expectations a hundred percent. Yeah. I think another just kind of important thing to remember is that with the will of God always comes the peace of God. Like we might in our humanity be nervous about something, but We can also rest in the fact that we know that God has set a path before us and he's guided our footsteps. He's guided every single one of your footsteps up into this very moment. Absolutely. And like, I love that you said, like, with the will of God comes the peace of God, because in our humanity, like, we can become anxious about the future and we can worry about the future and we can think of all the scenarios that can go wrong or right and all the things. But... I love 1 Peter 5 and 7 that it says to cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I just want to say like – I was literally thinking of that verse. (laughs) Ah! I love that. I love that verse because in our humanity, 
We will feel anxious at times. That's okay. But what matters is what you do with that anxiety. It matters that you acknowledge it, that you give it to God, that you pray about it because he cares for you and he's going to take care of you. And so if you're having difficulty trusting in God with your future, talk to him about it. Pray about it. Give that to him because he cares for you. He has you completely. That is so true. Um, Our second question was how to establish relationship boundaries. And this is kind of a tricky subject because I definitely think it varies person to person. I think we all have different convictions and we all have different things that we're comfortable with when it comes to relationships, whether that be physical boundaries or spiritual boundaries. Um, But I think something that's really important is to have accountability, is to have an accountability partner that is not a peer, that is not the same age as you, that is not one of your friends, but to have a spiritual authority who is able to keep you accountable and help you walk through establishing those boundaries together. Because Sarah and I don't know you or your boyfriend or whoever you're talking to, so we can't necessarily establish those boundaries for you. We can give you guidance on what we think is right, but it would be really helpful to have someone who personally knows you and knows the person that you're dating or talking to so they can kind of talk through those things with you together and give you wise counsel. Exactly. And honestly, I think that it's important that we establish relationship boundaries in every kind of relationship that we have. And learning how to do that, I would say, first of all, establish your boundaries before you're in a situation that you need to know your boundaries, you know? So establish your boundaries first. Really think about what is important to you. And then whenever I say like we need boundaries in every kind of relationship, I love what Taylor said on the friendship episode that you should really examine your friendships, your relationships, and see if you're bringing out the best in each other, if you are respecting each other, and if it brings goodness into your life or not. And I feel like that is a huge boundary in all kinds of relationships is that every relationship in your life should bring good things. It should bring goodness. And I'm not saying every relationship that you have is going to be perfect because we're all Mm -hmm. humans and we all have faults, but the good should outweigh the bad in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I love that Sarah brought up that You need to have those boundaries set in place before you're in a situation where that hard line needs to be drawn. Yes, absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Like, know your boundaries before you go into a situation and make those boundaries known. I'm not saying that everybody is going to get it right 100% of the time, but it's about choosing relationships with people that respect your boundaries and understand your boundaries and are willing to respect them and willing to learn how to respect them. Our last question was, do we have any plans to incorporate guests? And yes, we do. 
As a matter of fact, next week, Taylor will be talking to her friend Ayana, like we just said. So that'll be our first guest. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm so excited. Next week, we're going to be talking about missions and just trusting God and seasons of transition and pivotal moments in your life. I think Ayana just has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to both of those topics. So I am so, so excited. Me too. So my sisters, like we said last week, today's episode is about comparison. I feel like this topic has weighed so heavily on me this week, Taylor. Comparison and not feeling good enough is something that I have struggled with in my life. And I'm going to be honest, I feel like it's something that God is still teaching me and healing in me. I feel like in my relationship with God right now, He is really teaching me my worth and my identity in Him. So in studying for this week's topic, I really feel like God was just speaking to my heart, and I hope that through this episode, he speaks to the heart of all of our sisters as well. I feel the same way. Comparison is something I've dealt with my entire life, and if I'm being honest, I don't know a single person, at least in my close circle, who hasn't dealt with comparison. It is so easy, especially in Christian circles when you're surrounded by so many talented and accomplished people to fall into comparing yourself to others. It is something that I have to ask God to help me with daily because I'm learning how to become secure and confident with the talents and abilities that God has given me. Also, I realized while reading through our notes, because Sarah and I write our notes separately each week and then we add them in together, I focused on a lot of the external factors like accomplishments and Um, goals and opportunities. I'm a pretty goal and like achievement driven person. That's what sparks a fire in me is like when I have a goal or like an achievement um, to work towards. And Sarah really focused on the internal things. And I love that we are able to bring both of these perspectives to our sisters because we know that everyone deals with comparison differently, especially Sarah and I. So I'm glad that everyone is getting this topic from different perspectives. Yes, I completely agree. And I love that what you just said where most of your close friends that you know of has dealt with this before. And I feel like comparison is such a normal thing to experience, but also it's something that we can't get stuck in, right? I feel like When we talk about things that we struggle with, it's really, really important to just normalize them. In my experience, when I'm struggling with something, I tend to want to hide that thing and isolate myself and just appear like I have it all together and everything is fine. And so it's hard for me sometimes to be vulnerable. So when I went to therapy, I really feel like my therapist started normalizing things that I've gone through. And that helped me so much. And one of those things that I struggled with was comparison and not feeling good enough. And so sisters, please hear me today that if you are struggling with this, know that you are not alone. I've struggled with it. Taylor struggled with it. There's so many of us that have struggled with it. So I'm so excited about talking about this topic. 
We talk about therapy a lot. We're obviously very big advocates of therapy. It's helped us both tremendously with all of our struggles that we go through and that we're still going through because we're human. But something that does really help me out is like knowing that even our mental health professionals deal with these things. Like if they can relate it to something that they dealt with and they had to work through, it is a very humanizing thing. And it just kind of brings everything into perspective. Like someone whose job is to help me through these issues, like they've dealt with it. So it's clearly a normal feeling that like we're going through. Yes. I love that you just said that. Literally in my last session, I was talking to my therapist and she was like, I completely understand I'm going through this too. And I was like, what? Like you're human. (laughs) We're going through the same thing at the same time. And it's true. Like it just makes you feel not alone and it makes you really feel seen and heard. I'm going to read a scripture that I have read on this podcast before, and I will probably read it again because it is truly one of my favorite scriptures. So 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. I love this scripture because it shows that what we go through, we're not alone. It's normal, but God is faithful and he is going to show us a way out. He is going to show us a way to endure. In this scripture, we learn that nothing that we go through, none of our struggles or temptations are different from what other people experience. And sometimes when we're struggling, We can start to feel isolated in our struggles and like we're the only one dealing with this. But please, please hear me today. Nothing you go through is different from what others go through, including me and Taylor. Right. And sometimes even when we're recording these episodes, I feel like we're the only people that have ever experienced any of our feelings for any of our topics that we're discussing. But then after we post it, our inboxes get flooded with messages about some of you who are struggling with the same things. And those messages help us so much because it lets us know that we're not alone. Absolutely. And I just love that this scripture gives us this beautiful promise that when we are tempted, because we are going to be, we're going to go through seasons of struggling, but God is going to show us a way out so that we can endure it. And like, what an amazing promise that is. This means that if you're struggling with comparison today, God will show you a way out of it. And one way that he will show you a way out of comparison is through his word. I totally agree with that, Sarah. I love knowing that just whatever I go through, God is going to show me a way out. And it is such a comfort to know that because sometimes, especially me just being a person, being a human, it is so hard to see the end of things. It's so hard to see the end of a struggle. But I love just knowing that God is right there with me. So my sisters, let's talk about some of the dangers of comparison and some of the factors that feed into comparison. Comparison is one of the easiest and most deceitful traps of the enemy that we can fall into as Christians. Comparison distracts you from the purpose God gave you and the life God gave you. 
Romans 12 verses 4 and 5 says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. I love any verse that talks about how we are the body of Christ. These verses show us that to truly accomplish the mission that God has set before us, we have to work together. And these verses also show us that we are not meant to have the exact same functions. We are not meant to have the same ministry. If we all had the same talents and abilities in the realm of ministry, there would be huge demographics of people that would never be ministered to. If Sarah wasn't a speech language pathologist, there would be a whole entire school that would never be ministered to because Sarah isn't there to be that light for them to see. And there would be huge gaps in the church that no one would be able to fill. If everyone was a worship leader, we wouldn't have anyone to play the piano. We wouldn't have anyone to preach. If everyone was a great preacher, we wouldn't have worship leaders. So everyone's ministry is different for a purpose. And the only thing comparison really does is lead us into envy, to insecurity. And on the flip side of that, it leads us into pride. When you compare yourself to people who you feel like are always doing better than you, you will always feel inadequate instead of feeling equipped with the skills and the talents that God gave you. When you compare yourself to people who you feel like you're doing better than, you will never progress in your walk with God and you breed a sense of arrogance and pride. Proverbs 11 verse 2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Comparison is also definitely one of those rabbit trail subjects where things can get lost in translation if you're not super careful. So I just want to clarify that humility and insecurity are two very different things. Humility is being secure in who you are in Christ, but still knowing that you are not better than any of your brothers or sisters. Humility is knowing that all of your talents and abilities come from God and all of the glory goes back to him. There is also a healthy way to choose someone to look up to that you're not constantly comparing yourself to. You can strive to be like someone to and to hold yourself accountable to someone in a spiritual sense. And like one way I think that you can do this, and we're actually planning on talking about this one day in an episode, but that's mentorship, right? Like we can look up to people. And I think that that's really important to look up to people, to hold yourself accountable to people. And that is mentorship. And that should be something that is healthy and brings good things into your life. And so I think it's really important that like you said, we understand the difference between being humble and being insecure. Right. And I feel like insecurity really comes from, again, just wanting to do things on your own, like making sure that everything is in your hands and not putting everything into the hands of God. It's so easy to doubt your human ability. It's so like, I know that I cannot do things on my own. Like I know that without the help of God, like I couldn't walk into my office every day and do what I do. Like 
imposter syndrome without Jesus is real. Like it is so easy to doubt yourself when you when you take yourself out of the hands of God. Exactly. And like insecurity, I feel like is whenever you are looking at your abilities as a human and we all fall short. There's no way that we can succeed fully without Jesus. And so if we're looking at our abilities as a human, that will breed insecurity. But security comes from God, comes from knowing that we belong to him, that we are rooted in him. And it's just so important to remember that your security, your talents, your abilities, everything about you comes from God. And we have to put our trust and faith and identity in him. Exactly. I think one of the biggest factors that plays into comparison, especially in this day and age, is social media. You are only seeing the highlight reels when you are looking on Facebook, on Instagram, on Reels, on TikTok, on anything. You are only seeing the best parts of anyone's day. You're only seeing the new houses, the new cars, the new jobs, the designer clothes, the perfect marriages, the perfect families, the picture-perfect little babies. You are only seeing the best parts of people on social media. But you are not seeing what goes on behind the scenes. Perfect example of this. So when my husband and I bought our house on closing day, we posted a picture. We had to. It was our first home that we had purchased. So we posted the picture. But what everyone didn't see was that we posted that picture in May. Okay, we posted that picture on May 3rd, I think. We signed our purchase agreement. Mid February of that year. So, a little backstory we bought our house from a crazy person. She was seriously so (laughs) difficult to work with. She did not want to, she changed her mind like mid sale, I guess, and was trying everything, everything in her power to get Blake and I to change our minds. But if there's one thing about Blake and I is We don't go down without a fight. We were getting this house. And this was also, it was the only house I liked. Okay, we live in West Michigan. And if you don't know about West Michigan, the West Michigan housing market, it is very competitive. It is ridiculous trying to buy a house here. So this was the only house I liked. I literally walked in and I was like, in Jesus name, this is our house. I just know it. It's our house. So... We got the house and we posted the picture, but no one saw the multiple mental breakdowns I had between mid-February and May 3rd. And then when we bought the house, we're moving in. We literally have a moving truck in the driveway. And the seller's agent, so the real estate agent for the lady who sold us our house, showed up and was like, harassing Blake and I, basically. And no one saw me literally having like a mental breakdown. Like I'm literally standing in our brand new kitchen in tears because it was just such a difficult buying process. And I'm so thankful for our house. I love my house. I would not change a thing except for my bathroom, which I'm getting a new one in like two weeks. So I'm super excited about that. But no one saw the behind the scenes. They only saw that we bought a new house. 
And if you're constantly comparing yourself to others and striving to attain what other people have, you might be working for something you don't actually really want because you don't know the full story. I love that you brought up social media because I will tell you, sisters, I am not a big social media person. It's not something I'm super interested in. But when social media really became a big thing, because I remember when it really became a big thing, um, (laughs) because I'm that old, um, I remember thinking like this was something that I had to be involved in. This was something that I had to take part in. And I remember it felt like a chore posting on Instagram felt like a chore because I kept thinking, oh, is this perfect? Oh, is this the right thing? Because it it doesn't come naturally to me. Social media is not something that I'm super interested in or that I feel very called to. And so I was trying to be relevant and I was trying to fit in this box that I was not meant to fit into. And I remember one day I was on Instagram and I had been editing a picture for I cannot tell you how long, at least 30 minutes. And I remember staring at this picture and wanting it to get it perfect. And finally, I looked at the time and looked at how much time I had wasted on this picture and how I thought about this doesn't mean anything to me. And on that day, I decided that I just was not going to invest myself in social media because it was not my calling in life. It was not something that I'm very interested in. And so Taylor and Colin definitely keep me relevant and teach me how to do the things on social media whenever I have to. Um, But if you see anything on our social media, it is them because they are amazing and they are talented. And I love that God can use them in that area, but that is not my calling. And I think that it's important to not fall into the trap of relevancy, but remember what you are called to do. And remember that your identity and your calling is in Christ, not in the next big relevant thing. I love that you, and we're going to talk about this later, like trying to fit yourself into a box that you were just never meant to be in. Like, I love that analogy and it'll make sense later. I promise. Um, why I love it so much. But um, for those of you who don't know, Colin is our brother, our yes. little brother, because he's three weeks younger than me. And <laughs> <laughs> he is so amazing. He does all of our graphic design. Um, that was another redaction I needed to um, issue because I had mentioned Canva in one of our earlier episodes and someone thought that I did all the graphic design on Canva. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not. I don't do that. Colin does it. He's amazing at it. But yesterday I did have to send Sarah a screen recording of how to add captions to an Instagram reel. Literally, I sent her that I was done with the reel and she was like, okay, just add captions and post. My next text was, what are captions? (laughs) They were. (laughs) Like, I'm not kidding you, sisters. I know nothing about social media. And like, that's okay. It's okay to not fit into a box that other people fit into. (laughs) Yeah. We weren't meant to do everything. It's a part of the body. It's just, it's what we keep talking about. (laughs) Okay, sisters. So... Another really big factor, um, it's kind of broad, but it definitely plays into 
comparison is just not having your feet firmly planted in Christ. When your feet are firmly planted in Christ in his word, you will have a constant reminder of who he is and what his word says you are. It's so easy to let the world sway you and tell you what you should dress like and what you should act like and Mm -hmm. what type of woman you should be. I'm going to read Matthew 7, verses 24 and 27. And again, we've read this verse before, but I think it just is very relevant to our topic. And it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. This verse is such a great reminder that when we do start to compare ourselves to others and when those feelings of jealousy or insecurity truly come in like a flood, we have the word of God to stand on to show us exactly who we are in him. And you are created by God. We are all created by God. And when God was creating humans in Genesis 1.27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. If you believe that you are created by God, then you have to believe that you are created in his image. How incredible is that? God made you made me, made Taylor, made all of us in his image. When I read that, it really just makes me stop and think, how could I compare myself to someone else when I am created in the image of my God? What a beautiful reminder, Sarah. I'm going to go ahead and read Psalms 139 verses 13 through 18. And it says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in this secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Sisters, I know it may be hard to believe sometimes, especially in the age of social media where everyone looks perfect and like they have it all together, but I promise God knew exactly what he was doing when he made you. I'm going to be honest. Whenever I've read this verse in the past, Everything made sense to me except for the word fearfully. Usually when we think of the word fear, it's not necessarily something associated with the word wonderful or anything that's beautiful or marvelous. So I looked up the Hebrew translation of fear, which is pronounced Yahweh, not to be confused with the Yahweh. But the word Yahweh in Hebrew means to stand in awe of. 
God literally made you and stood in awe of what he created. Who are we to think that we are anything less than wonderful and beautiful? I love that, Taylor. I just love doing this podcast with you because I feel like I learned so much and that is just so beautiful that to think about God just standing in awe of us, right? Because we stand in awe of him, but how precious are his thoughts toward us? In that scripture, I love hearing that because we can't even count them, but how precious are his thoughts toward us? Us as humans, we sometimes feel like we're unworthy and we're undeserving. And that is true. Like God gives us things that we do not deserve. But the fact that he just loves us so much, that he stands in awe of us, that he thinks precious thoughts toward us. I think that that truth right there just completely hits what we are talking about today about comparison. Because who are we to compare ourselves to others when God is standing in awe of us? when he has precious thoughts toward us. A huge piece of truth that has really been a game changer for me and my struggles with comparison and not feeling good enough is the fact that God wants me. When I truly let that truth just sink in, sometimes I will just sit with tears streaming down my face during those quiet times with God because I just feel completely loved and seen and overwhelmed with the fact that God loves me. God wants me. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Ephesians chapter 1. I feel like Ephesians chapter 1 tells us so much about our God, our identity in him, and his plan for us. I want to read a portion of that chapter today. So Ephesians 1, 4 through 5 says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Before God even created the world, he loved you. And he chose you and he had a plan to save you through the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And not only that, but God decided in advance that he wanted to adopt you into his own family. And I just love the last part of that scripture because it says this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. I don't know about you, but when I'm struggling with comparison, I also struggle with feeling alone, feeling unworthy and unseen and not good enough. But when I read these scriptures, I am just so overwhelmed and thankful for a God that chooses me, that loves me, that wants me. When I'm comparing myself to others, I don't feel wanted because I'm not wanting myself. But when I stop and I really think about these scriptures and I think about God loves me, God wants me. So sisters, I don't know what you are experiencing in your life right now, but I do know that you are created by God. He loves you. 
He chose you. You are adopted into his family and he wants you. Not some fake version of you where you're trying to hide behind the masks of insecurity and comparison, but he wants the real you. He created you and he wants you. That is so true, Sarah. I love that so much. And another thing that the word of God says about us is that he just simply cares for us. We are his creation. We're his artwork. If you've ever completed a project, whether it be an art project or a DIY project or even something for work, you want to protect that, right? You want to make sure that it's taken care of properly. And that's exactly how God feels about us. Matthew chapter 10 verses 29 through 31 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet none of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care? And even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than the sparrows. Sisters, when you're dealing with extreme feelings of comparison or insecurity, or even if you're worried about the future and where you're headed, just know that above anything, God cares for you. He created you and he wants to take care of you. He wouldn't have created you for a purpose and then just left you out to dry. No, he's going to carry you through. There's not going to be a time where you're ever left alone. He numbered the hairs on your head. He cares so deeply about you. Something that is also just such a comfort when I'm dealing with comparison is that God knows my needs. He cares for us and he knows exactly what we need. I just want to read a couple of verses that solidify that God, he knows what he's doing and he knows exactly what he's called us to do and he's going to be there for us. Jeremiah 29 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Ephesians 3 20 says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to his power that works in us. Matthew 6 and 8 says, do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you even ask him. It is so easy to feel like you're falling behind. I know that especially now I have so many friends that are accomplishing so many great things. It's easy to look around and compare yourself to others and what they're doing and the opportunities they're getting and the things that they're accomplishing. But just know, sisters, that God is doing a great work in you as well. He set out a plan in your life that far exceeds anything you can ever ask for. And just because someone is doing something differently than you. Someone has different opportunities and they're achieving different things and they've achieved different goals. It doesn't mean that they're better than you and it doesn't make you less than. God is doing a work in you as well. It just looks differently than everyone else. One thing that I try to remember is God uses me but he also uses others and that that's important. Like we had said, we are all the body of Christ. And when God uses Taylor, 
I rejoice with her and I am proud of her and I should support her. And when God uses me, she's going to do the same for me. And so I think it's really important to remember that we are all the body of Christ and we're all in this together and God is using all of us and he has a plan for all of us and that that's a good thing. It's a good thing whenever others succeed and it's a good thing whenever you succeed and that you can rejoice both things because what we're called to do is further the kingdom of God. And when you succeed and when others succeed, that's what we're doing. We're furthering the kingdom of God. Let's talk about what the Bible says about comparison. So 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. In this chapter, Paul is writing about how his authority comes from God. Then he addresses the people that are commending themselves and saying how important they are. And he writes that when these people measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. And I feel like this scripture is just so convicting because it says word for word that people who compare themselves to others are without understanding. And so sisters, we cannot compare ourselves to others. We have to understand that every good thing that we have or that we do comes from God. Then at the beginning of Galatians chapter 1, Paul is writing to the people in Galatia, warning them to not follow false teachings. He says that if anyone teaches any other good news or gospel than the one that is true, let that person be cursed. I love Paul's boldness here. He truly does not care what anyone thinks of him. He only cares about sharing the gospel and following God's will in his life. And then after saying this bold statement, Paul writes in Galatians chapter 1 verse 10, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Taylor, this scripture really, really made me think. Because when we are struggling with comparison, whose approval are we actually seeking? Are we seeking the approval of people or the approval of God? When we're seeking the approval of God, I truly believe that there is nothing in this world that we can compare ourselves to. In reading this scripture, I want to spend my life striving to be more like him. And in doing that, I can't live my life comparing myself to things and people in this world. I have to live my life seeking the approval of God and trying to please God. If I'm trying to please man, then I'm not being a servant of Christ. Right. And I feel like this just solidifies that comparison is just a distraction. When you're thinking those thoughts of comparison, it is literally just a trick of the enemy to take your focus from pleasing God and doing what's right in the sight of God to pleasing man and acting how the world wants you to act or trying to please anyone other than God. Let's talk a little bit about our personal experiences and our pieces of advice. Let's add some practical application to this. 
Obviously, we all deal with comparison and we all deal with it differently. Some people deal with it on a day-to-day basis. And for some people, it comes in seasons or waves of comparison. For me personally, it usually comes in large waves. I went to Bible college. And if you've gone to Bible college or you're currently in Bible college, you know that the comparison game is real. You are literally living with, going to school with, and going to church with some of the most talented, beautiful, and stylish people you have or will ever meet. And I'm not going to sugarcoat this. It is hard not to compare yourself to others when you go to Bible college. I also always knew that there was no life for me outside of ministry. And one of the biggest things I struggled with was trying to fit into this perfect little box or this perfect mold that I had made up in my head that how a minister was supposed to act. And I know I said earlier that I mostly focused on writing about the external things, but this was a time in my life where I was really struggling with comparison internally. So I had made up this mold or this box in my head and I tend to personally have a louder, more bold, outspoken personality. I take pride in my humor and I love to be goofy. And in my brain, I was really struggling to see how my personality was going to fit into my ministry. At one point, I had fully convinced myself that I was eventually going to need to change everything about myself to walk in the calling that God had placed on my life. But while I was at Urshan, we had a week each semester that was called Spiritual Emphasis Week. One night, I had gotten off work really late, so let it be known, I did not want to go to the service. I showed up to service in bunny slippers and a hoodie because I was so tired. (laughs) And I just, I was just really struggling at that point in my life. So your girl was looking rough. She walked into service. I went up to the altar. I had a friend come up to me, not knowing a single thing I was dealing with, and they completely read my mail. And it was stern. Like It was like, you are dealing with this, 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 and this. And they literally said to me, you are trying to fit yourself into a box that you were never meant to be in. Word for word, Sarah, I'm not even joking. They just said the most declarative things like you are anointed and you are called to be this. And like, obviously, I'm not going to go into specifics, but I was wrecked. They literally dropped the mic and walked away. And like, I didn't tell them about like all of the things that I was dealing with for months later. But after that, all I could do was repent. Seriously, I looked back over the past couple of months and years of my life and repented for every single time I had ever thought that God's creation, the person that he so carefully made, the person that he knit together, the person that he called, the person that he chose was not good enough wasn't talented enough, didn't have the right personality, didn't have enough designer clothes, shoes, purses. I repented for any time I felt like the personality God gave me wasn't suited for the calling he so carefully placed on my life. And again, I was just wrecked. Who was I to think that God didn't know what he was doing? And then four to five years later, 
after I got married and I'm actively working in ministry for a while, those feelings started to creep up again. And that's when I went to my therapist and I told her everything I was feeling and everything that was weighing on me and how just inadequate and ill-equipped I felt. And I felt like I was just so different from everyone around me and everyone I was working with in ministry. And she looked me dead in the face and said, what if you are exactly what the people you're ministering to need? Taylor, I absolutely love that. I love all of that. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and for sharing your testimony. And I love what your therapist said to you because God created you for a purpose and for a plan and to reach specific people. I remember a few years ago, I was dealing with comparison and I was talking to Evan and I was like, I don't know where I fit. And like you said, I was trying to fit myself into a box and I was looking at all the boxes in front of me and I was like, I don't fit there. I don't fit there. I don't fit there. I told Evan, I don't know what my talent is and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And I remember us talking about it and I told him, I feel like my talent is just talking to people and just getting to know people and just caring for people. And I remember that conversation because that kind of stuck with me whenever I finally said it out loud that I feel like my talent is connecting with people. I started praying about that. And I was like, God, you truly gave me a career path where I talk to people all day long. I connect with people all day long. And I truly feel like that is a talent that you gave me and I want you to lead me and whatever you want me to do. And I just feel like God has taken me from the place where I was like, I don't know what my ministry is or what I need to do because I'm not fitting in these boxes. And he's taken me from there and he's led me into, this is your ministry. I want you to connect with people. I want you to help people feel seen because when they're seen by you, then you can represent me and they can feel seen by me. And when they connect with you, you can represent me and they can connect with me. And so I just truly feel like God has led me to a place where he's shown me what he wants to use me in rather than me trying to fit in all the boxes that I thought I had to fit in. I love that. When So when Blake and I first started dating, we went to lunch with Evan and Sarah. It was like honestly a couple days after like it was early on, right? And I remember leaving that lunch and just being like, Sarah is so sweet and she's just so talkative and I'm not good at that. I, I'm i much better at like the the personal part of ministry now. Like it's something that I definitely had to like pray and like work on. But for a lot of my life, I was just so much better in front of a crowd. Like if I didn't have to talk to someone one-on-one, like if you gave me a microphone, I can entertain all day. It's so funny because like I was like, Sarah's just so much better at this stuff than I am. She's so sweet and she's like the perfect little minister. And like, isn't that so dumb how we compare ourselves to others? And like, you didn't even know that that was going on in my head. It was like a race I created that you weren't running in. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. I love that. A race that you created that I wasn't running in. Because that's true. Like, 
I had no idea you were feeling that way. And I would have immediately said, oh, sister, (laughs) I am not perfect by any means. I love that so much because what you were viewing as a talent in me and what you were viewing as something that was amazing and that you were comparing yourself to at a time in my life, I didn't understand that God was even using me in that, you know? And so I just think it's really cool that we can take a step back. And I was looking at my life and my abilities and thinking, God, what are you using me in? But it's so cool to hear your perspective and hear you say you connected with me. And I thought that was really amazing. And that was a really cool ability that you had. And so I love that God can use you in things that you're not even realizing that he's using you in. And it's important to not fall into comparison, but to ask God, like, what are my talents? What do you want to use me in? And what do you want to do in my life? And just let him have control. I want to talk a little bit about my life application and my piece of advice. So As I have said throughout this episode, comparison and not feeling good enough is something that I have struggled with, and it's truly something that God is still working with me on and is still healing inside of me. And I just want to be so clear that if you're struggling with comparison today, I ask you to just open that struggle up to God. Whenever I was typing these notes, Evan walked up and he was like, hey, what are you doing? How are you doing? And I was explaining this topic to him. And I told him, like, I walked through comparison and I walked through not feeling good enough for so long that I just want to convey somehow to our sisters that you can open up that struggle to God and you can allow him into those vulnerable and painful places and you can ask him to bring healing and you can ask him to bring truth into your life, into your identity, and he will do it. I literally told Evan, I just want to tell them, don't do what I did. (laughs) I want to say like, don't isolate yourself in this. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't live in that state of not feeling good enough. But the way to heal from that is letting God into that. It's not just willing yourself out of it because it's not something that you can control. It's something that you just need to give him. And I encourage all of our sisters today to just speak his word and his truth over your life and your mind, and your heart, and your identity, because all of those things belong to him. And if you feel alone in this struggle, I know how that feels. And that is so discouraging, and it is so painful. But I want to encourage you to remember what we talked about in episode four, and I want you to reach out to someone that you trust in that can walk through this healing journey with you, whether it's a friend, whether it's your husband or your mentor or a family member or even a therapist. Like we said, we are huge supporters of therapy. My biggest pieces of advice are let God into those vulnerable places, be honest with him and let his truth sink into those places and then lean on the people that he has provided in your life. Right. And I feel like if there is just one overarching theme that we want to convey to our sisters is that you 
add value to spaces that no one else can add. You add value to the kingdom that I can't add to it, that Sarah can't add to it. God created you so uniquely and God created you for a purpose. He created you and your unique calling. He also just created you. Like God created you. And I think that sometimes we forget that vulnerable place, Taylor. Like where we think God created me for a purpose. God created me for a purpose. And that is so true. He did. He absolutely mm-hmm. created you for a purpose. But he also just created you because he loves you. Just because he wants you. And the beauty of that is that you get to follow his purpose in your life. And you get to follow his plan in your life. But I want you to remember that God created you. Because he loves you. And because he wants you and he has a purpose for you. Yeah. I love that so much. And I love that you brought that up. That's such a good reminder. And it's a reminder that I need daily because even before we started recording, Sarah just asked me like after we finished skimming through our notes, she asked, oh, you deal with comparison more externally. And I said, yeah, for a large portion of my life, I solely based my value in what I was achieving and what I was accomplishing and the the goals I had set for myself. I I truly thought that my only value was what I brought to the table, but you bring value just by being you and just by being God's creation. So thank you for bringing that up because I need that reminder even today. There are some things that I I tend to add too much to my plate because I, I think if I'm not doing something, if I'm not working on a project or if I'm not accomplishing something, that I'm not adding value. But I am just because I'm God's creation. So my sisters, know that you are not behind. You are right on time and you are exactly who God needs you to be at this very moment. Your worth is rooted in Christ and I encourage you to live your life seeking his approval. So my sisters, we loved diving into the word of God with you this week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at so my sister and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell us what you like about our podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.